Today I've got 10 points in 10 minutes with CJ Grace. Thank you, Stefan. Well, I have 10 points that I want to tell you about, and that's what I used to get over the devastation of finding out that my husband was unfaithful and shortly after being diagnosed with breast cancer. So you can work on these points in any order, and like me, you may find yourself doing more than one of them at the same time. The first point is to build community, cultivating connections, old and new. I found that most of my friends were actually friends of my husband's or people that were connected with the business that we own jointly. And those are not people that you can confide in when you have problems about your marriage. You really need to build your own community. And it's a good idea to have friends of both sexes. And to be honest, um, you know, that was one of the most important things I did. I made it a priority to reconnect with old friends and to build friendships. Uh, I wasn't looking for a new relationship on the rebound. That would have been a very bad idea to rush into that. I was looking for genuine friendships to have a community of people that I could communicate with and, and be happy with. The second point is similar, but not quite the same. I found confidants and mentors with my best interests at heart, whom I could vent my deepest, darkest feelings to. These weren't necessarily the, the friends I knew, the, the people that, that were close friends, because some of them might have been put off by me venting my negativity at them. Uh, you have to have a very special kind of person that, that is going to not only take that, but also give you good advice to help you along your way. And you want mentors that will keep things confidential. Uh, I realized that I had to choose very carefully. And one particular person um, I thought would be a good mentor was actually interested in the soap opera that was my life at the time. They wanted the latest episode to broadcast to their friends. So that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So confidants and mentors are very important. They could be paid counselors or they could be friends who are just good at giving you advice and 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 you know holding your corner when you are when you when you're feeling really down. That's important. So the third thing was laughter therapy. I was brought up on a diet of Monty Python's Flying Circus, and I do see absurd humor in everything that that happens, however dark. And I think it's so important. So I stopped watching depressing dramas. I stuck to comedies. Um, and even though I'm a BBC journalist, a former BBC journalist, I gave up watching the news because it's all bad news. Good news is not particularly exciting. It's never going to be as, as, as exciting as a tragedy. So I really wanted to, to make sure that I had things that made me laugh. Uh, there is even um, an Indian uh, laughter yoga type of uh, practice that you can do where you actually laugh and you do yoga uh, stuff with it. But I prefer genuine laughter from mixing with people that make me laugh and, and watching comedies. That was, that was my thing. So laughter is very important because if you don't laugh, you cry when, when bad things happen. And, and I would much rather laugh. So that was very important. 
Number four, love your body. And by that, I didn't mean that I, you know, uh, you know, love, loved my body and became beautiful and, and wanted to become a supermodel. That was never, ever going to happen. It was more about internal beauty, finding ways to, to look after myself, eating good food, uh, sleeping enough. And exercise, I found that outdoor exercise, especially with, with friends, was one of the best antidepressants out there. And I remember a, a good friend of mine was suffering from such a bout of sadness that she could barely get out of bed in the morning. And I told her, all you need to do is just take 15 minutes to walk in your park nearby, walk in the park in natural surroundings, just force yourself to do it 15 minutes a day. And she said that it made a massive difference to her mood and, and got her out of the blues. So, so that's an, an important thing to do. Love your body and make yourself internally beautiful. The fifth thing that I did was finding my passion. You know, you have to work out what you're passionate about and make time for things you enjoy. So often, particularly women, we just keep our nose to the grindstone and we don't make any time for ourselves. We make time for the family, um, but we don't make time for ourselves. And in my case, my husband worked very hard at his job, but he was very hands off as far as looking after the children, uh, cooking and cleaning, any of that. And after I found out about his latest mistress, I realized that I was actually sublimating my entire personality into ministering to him, ministering to the children, ministering to the house, ministering to the joint business that we shared. And so, you know, I realized, no, I've got to find my passion. I've got to do things that make my heart sing. And in my case, it was writing. Um, and I combined my journalism with um, my love of humor and, and created my, my first book. That's how it was born, Adulterer's Wife, How to Thrive Whether You Stay or Not. But uh, for somebody, it could be a musical instrument or art or volunteering for a cause that you really believe in. So, so you've got to find your passion. You know, that's a really important thing. Keeps your, keep, gives you a reason to get up in the morning. That, that's a good reason to do it. So the sixth thing was probably the hardest of all. Um, it was live in the present and become more mindful. And, you know, the past is gone. The future doesn't exist. Now is all there is. And I worked hard at trying to live in the present and become more mindful and more aware of, you know, what was in front of my nose. Infidelity and adversity can create an awful lot of soul searching and, and it makes you realize that you want to discover that there's more to life than what you've experienced up to the present moment. And one benefit of dealing with, with life setbacks is it can act as a catalyst to propel you further into spiritual development um, and, and really feeding your soul. And even without having to deal with adversity like the breast cancer and the infidelity that I dealt with, we can find that we are not living in the present at all. You know, it, you're churning over the past, you're wishing you'd done things differently, worrying about the future rather than being aware of the present. And so in effect, you're on autopilot and you may be in beautiful surroundings, you may be with really lovely people, pleasant company, and you're not there. 
Your mind is somewhere else. And so it's really as if you are just existing rather than being fully alive. So the more mindful we are, the more fulfilled and contented our lives become. And as I said, for me, it's a work in progress, but it's definitely work worth doing. Number seven, my mantra, especially when I was going through can cancer, was information is power. You know, whether I was finding out about my legal rights in a divorce uh, or researching my breast cancer treatment options, making sure I was fully informed was really key. It was a key to getting the best outcomes. And my skills as a journalist definitely helped me sift the wheat from the chaff. But, um, you know, it, it's important to take your time and to look at your options and to make a slow, considered decision, whatever is happening, not to rush it, not to do it through, uh, you know, emotions, but to try to take a rational decision, whether you're deciding what to do after you found out your ex or uh, not your ex, after your partner is, is unfaithful or whether you've got some kind of life-threatening disease, you need to take time to look over your options without letting emotions cloud your decisions. So in my case, you know, I negotiated a less toxic chemo cocktail for my oncologist. Uh, I also refused the double mastectomy that my surgeon wanted, um, opting for lumpectomies. And of course, some of my friends thought I was completely nuts to do that. But, you know, I had come across several women who had developed implant illness after a mastectomy. And, um, you know, not after the mastectomy itself, but after the breast reconstruction, and they want to have, you know, breasts that look like they did before. Um, I didn't want to stay flat, as some women are choosing to do after a mastectomy. Um, and to me, the survival statistics didn't seem much different between lumpectomy and a mastectomy. So I, I felt very happy to have made that choice. Although, as I said, a lot of people would, would strongly disagree with me on that. And of course, with cancer, it's a crapshoot and it's a very personal decision, whatever you do. Um, even though um, for first case cancer, if it's just the very first case you've had with no um, metastasis, the survival statistics are very good. They're almost 100%. But nevertheless, there are no guarantees, whatever you do, alternative, conventional, both, it's, you know, it's in the lap of the gods to decide how you're, how you're going to get through. But the other thing that I did in terms of information as power was that when my husband asked me for a divorce, I read a ton of legal self-help books so that I knew the basics about the divorce law in the area where I lived. And that enabled me to make sure I was fully aware of, of, of how to get the, 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 the fairest settlement. And also I made sure I was fully aware of the marital uh, finances. A lot of women um, find themselves completely ignorant of, of family finances. And then if there's a divorce or if there's a bereavement, uh, you know, they have a lot of problems. So information is power. That's another of my 10 points. Number eight, the best revenge is to get past the need for it. After infidelity, a lot of people get stuck in this toxic, revenge cycle. I realized that vengeance um, against my cheating spouse was going to hurt me as much as him. And I decided that it was far better to spend my life energy on the best way to move forward 
and um, you know whether I wanted to stay with him or not, find ways to thrive um, and work on that. Uh, and again, you know, before making any major decisions, I first stopped and asked myself, is this serving my own long-term best interests? Very important. Um, you know, I wasn't going to continue to let my husband treat me like a doormat, but I knew I needed to truly forgive him to break the emotional hold that he had on me. And so, you know, anger and plotting revenge over the curveballs that life, that life throws at us really keeps us churning over the past and prevents us moving forward to something better. And in effect, it makes us victims rather than victors. And I wanted to be a victor over my circumstances and not a victim. So number nine, become complete in yourself with or without a partner. So often we find ourselves relying on somebody else to complete us. We look for the perfect mate to provide for all our needs. And, you know, such a person only exists in the fantasies of Disney movies. Uh, you know, if you're expecting a partner to complete you, it puts a huge burden on them and it creates needy, desperate, unbalanced relationships. So when I was feeling incomplete without a partner, inevitably guys would pick up on my insecurity and generally run a mile, you know, um, and in my youth, dating was a disaster because I was so unsure of myself. Now I'm perfectly happy on my own. And ironically, I have no shortage of men who are interested in me. And dating is a blast in midlife, which I would have never expected. And it's because I'm comfortable in my own skin, despite the age of it, you know? Um, so, so that's really important. Become complete in yourself with or without a partner because then the perfect partner or, you know, not totally perfect, but then a really good partner is likely to come onto the scene. And, you know, and as far as cancer was concerned, again, I was my own advocate dealing with cancer and I did quite fine. So if you're complete in yourself, you can cope with what life throws at you. Number 10, life is short. If not now, when? Cancer for me was uh, a kick in the pants on top of the infidelity that I, that I had to deal with of my husband. It's a kick in the pants to tell you life is short, that uh, things are impermanent, that you have an expiration date. And, you know, everything that I thought was secure and permanent ended up crumbling and disappearing. So, you know, I had no time to lose to have the life I wanted right now. Uh, and so many people put off what they really want to do they, the, till tomorrow. Oh, it'll be tomorrow. I, you know, I have to get this done first. I have to get that done first. But tomorrow never comes. So, you, you know, I was thinking that, you know, on my deathbed, would I be concerned about how tidy my kitchen was, how many emails I'd answered, how many posts I'd put on social media? I don't think so. No, I'd be happy about the loving relationships I'd had, uh, you know, that I'd really become close to my sons, that I had put out a book that, that you know, books that helped people and that made them laugh and made them move out of difficult times. So, so that's really important, if not now, when? And, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily about shooting for success. 
It was more about finding purpose in life. Once you've achieved success in one thing, you know, you've made your first million, well, you hunger for more. You realize, oh, it wasn't as great as it seemed it was going to be, and I need another million now. Uh, but so, you know, you've got this eternal hunger. Um, but if you find purpose in what you do, it's eternally satisfying because, in effect, you're serving others as well as yourself. So those are my 10 points. And if you, find, if you want to find out more about what I do, um, you can just go to cjauthor.com. That's cjauthor.com. And I do have a free PDF called Overcoming Infidelity, Tools to Tame the, the Roller Coaster of Negative Emotions. Tools to Tame the Roller Coaster of Negative Emotions. And although that PDF is titled Overcoming Infidelity, it does work for pretty much overcoming any kind of adversity. And I even include an exercise uh, using chocolate, how to become more mindful eating a piece of chocolate. And as a recovering chocoholic, I'm afraid I'm not an alcoholic, I'm a chocoholic, but as a chocoholic, um, that exercise really resonated with me. So thank you, Stefan, for letting me make 10 points in 10 minutes uh, for Steps to Sobriety into the Light. CJ, that was amazing. 10 points in 10 minutes with CJ Grace. Look after yourself. <laughs>